Welcome to The Cauldron, a podcast hosted by Ed Bolton Greer, the creator of Ravensvale. In each episode, Ed will have free-flowing conversations about horror, life, culture, and personal growth. Expect to hear from storytellers, authors, horror experts, life gurus, thought leaders, and influencers. The Cauldron is a place where concoctions of a lot of ideas are brewed down to potions that are sometimes important and useful, sometimes eccentric and bizarre, but always just what you need. The Cauldron podcast may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hey there, family. Welcome to another episode of The Cauldron, the companion show to our beloved Ravensvale. I'm your host, Ed Bolden Greer, the creator and author of Ravensvale. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We're a little overwhelmed by all the positive feedback we received. So we wanted to give a little shout out to everybody and say thank you. We're getting ready to drop another episode of Ravensvale in the next week or so. We've gotten a little behind due to the COVID plague confounding our world, but we're hoping to get you caught up real soon. Family, we just returned from CreepyCon where we had a fantastic time. The three-day con was absolutely over the top. You can look for a blog post with an expanded photo gallery soon. Before we get started tonight, I wanted to take a minute and talk to you about an exciting event that we're incredibly proud to be producing. People have told scary stories since the beginning of time, and the staff and family here at Ravensvale Podcast have prioritized keeping that tradition and the legacy of storytelling alive by providing an ongoing platform for storytellers to spin their tales. Now, on Saturday, October 7th, 2023, we'll be hosting the first Appalachian Horror Fest. The evening will be filled with hair-raising tales from some of the best storytellers in the region and some outstanding musical guests. We feel so lucky to be able to host this event in our hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee at Central Cinema. We'll have a lot of great storytellers there performing some of their scary tales for you. The event will be held from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. Now, if you've listened to our content, you've probably already guessed that the content of the evening may and probably will include explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. For those attending, discretion is advised. As a result, we've decided that this will be an adult-only event so only individuals 18 and older may attend. Head over to ravensvale.com and click Horror Fest on the menu bar to learn more about this special event. Well, now, in the studio this evening, we have one of Tennessee's most accomplished and influential drag performance artists known for their high concept looks and mesmerizing performances, a Knoxville native, well, at least for the past 12 years. They've performed around the country and received numerous accolades for their work, self-titled A Drag Misfit. They're Tennessee's first bearded drag performer. They serve as the show director and host of For Ghoul School at the Brickyard and Grill in Hamburg, for the Knox Pride Brunch at Southcrest Coffee House in South Knoxville, and can be found performing on cast at Poor Taproom, Fly By Night, and Core Knoxville. Family, Let's welcome the Scruffy City's scruffiest drag queen, Harry Scary. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the show, Harry. Thank you for having me. Well, family, some of you may be wondering why Harry is here tonight. Well, 
we're excited to announce that Ravensvale has become a sponsor of the finale of Ghoul School. Yay! And we wanted to talk about that tonight because we believe it's important to keep you all updated on all the happenings going on around here. So, Harry, to start our interview, I want to ask a few warm-up questions. Fire away. How did you get started in drag? Great question. So I got started in drag about six years ago in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I always loved the art of drag, but I never considered doing it um, until about six years ago. Um, I started going to the shows around here and um, I really loved the talent that was being showcased, um, but I felt like there was a missing piece of the puzzle. Um, something a little stranger, something that could be more challenging. And I wanted to be that little missing piece. Um, I just figured, why not me? And um, hmm. I think that why not me is kind of uh, a stepping stone for a lot of the places I find myself. <laughs> I totally understand that because I do the same thing. Um so I have some weird questions during these interviews, and um, I hope you're you're ready for them. First, we'll start off pretty light here. Tell me about the most influential person in your life. So the most influential person in my life, there are so many different people that have influenced me in, way, in ways that I probably wouldn't even realize, um, both my family, uh, my grandfather, um, as far as in drag, and she would hate it if I said her name, but uh, there was a drag queen who doesn't perform anymore uh, by the name of Vanity Love. Miss Love. Miss Love, yes. Uh, rest in peace, Vanity. She's still alive. She just doesn't do drag anymore. Um, uh, although, have you, if you've seen her lately, her face does look quite embalmed. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's had that work. Uh she was the uh, host of the amateur competitions that I started out in. And when I was new and when most people are new, it's really hard for people to see the vision, especially when you're f only figuring it out yourself. And Vanity got it. Even when she didn't get it, she was like, I see that this person is trying something different. And instead of discouraging that, she helped me create my own platforms and always gave me the advice to the best of her ability um, and really helped guide me to become the best version of what I wanted to be and not the best version of what she thought I could be. And that's kind of something that I've tried to take and put into helping new people as well. I think that's the exact definition of a of an exceptional drag mother. Yes. She will never claim to be yeah. my mother. <laughs> she will. You, you the illegitimate stepchild. <laughs> You're about to get a knock on your door. <laughs> we, she, she called me um, one time. She's like, I, I'm in, if we're in full house, you're Tammy from next door. Ooh. Oh yeah. And uh, I've taken that to heart. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Vanity love. Well, Tammy, I mean, um, Harry, <laughs> Let me ask you a couple more questions here. Sometimes people get caught up on this one. What's the best compliment you ever got? Um, best compliment I've ever received. And again, um, I mean, there, there are so many things. I, I mean, just the other day, somebody was like, I like your vibe. And that felt great. Well, <laughs> that, that you have a day. wonderful vibe. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Or um, I think that ultimately when people are like, I, I just really love your work. 
that is always uh, feels great or, or i've been following you for a while that always is crazy and surreal um but there is um another um drag um, performer um who had been doing this for a while and just said you've changed this town for the better and that to me um whenever I, whenever i need to think of a, of something to cheer myself up that is that that's the thing um that has meant the world to me that's awesome i mean we should be lifting each other up not putting each other down absolutely so with putting each other down <laughs> this next question we've all had situations like this uh so i guess i'll just come out and ask it what's an insult that you've had somebody's said to you or that you've you've somebody's thrown at you uh, some shade uh that you've received that you're proud of and there has been much um how i feel like when it comes down to being insulted or somebody attacking you um how you receive it is really dependent on who's who's saying it um absolutely and um there was another a drag entertainer who is retired who's been in this community for a long time and not vanity uh, love not vanity love although she's probably said this too um she's gonna well, say her yeah. name as much as we can <laughs> she's like there's an itch in the back of her head somewhere <laughs> um somebody's i uh was uh i disrespected the art form that is drag um oh <laughs> yeah and uh i was just disrespecting the whole thing and um i uh that would be something that if from the right person would i would find very hurtful but coming from this particular person who i know them to be and i i wear that as a badge of honor because everything that they value as an in drag is what i think needs to be changed and needs to be challenged so um Thank you. Thank you, person that will remain nameless. I, you know, most of my adult life, I've lived by the motto uh, or or the mission of making the lives of people better. Yes. You know, and I love the attitude you have about taking something that negative mm -hmm. and making it a positive. Thank and, you. And I just deplore the fact that somebody felt so self-important that they would say that about another human being, especially somebody who's putting themselves out there and, and, and making an attempt at helping other people. My work is never going to be everybody's cup of tea, but just because I don't listen to like uh, Taylor Swift, doesn't mean that I think she shouldn't be making albums. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so let's, Go back a little bit what's your favorite childhood memory you know i've been sitting um and thinking about my childhood a lot lately and, and what what stands out to me as like the things that um i valued the most and like there there are some really nice memories of like my mother um who's not we're not as close as we used to be anymore unfortunately but uh there was a time she just let me play in the rain and um in a situation where most parents would take their kids inside probably smartly because <laughs> it's a good way to get sick um but she was just taking so much joy in my joy that she just let me play or the um the time that uh 
I got my first Batman costume. I'm a ma- massive Batman DC comic. Spider-Man. Junkie. Yeah, Spider-Man over there, Marvel and DC at war forever. Um, but um, like as I'm talking, uh, there's um, another thing that really hit me that I think um, really kind of informed the way that the, the excitement and, and the finding of the new. Um, when I was younger, um, we uh, had this basement with a little pillar and it was just um, short enough for a child to climb onto, but just um, tall enough for you to be able to slip your hands through the ceiling tiles underneath. And there was this little light, um, this little red light, probably of a smoke detector of something that my friends and I would go and peer into. And we created this entire narrative of the monster that lived in my the garage uh, ceiling or the basement ceiling. Well, and, you do uh, know there's monsters in the basement and the garage. Oh, of course. Yeah, they were they were everywhere, but this one was the only one that we could see. Ah. And we created entire stories and drawings, and the imagination of that is probably, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, has probably informed a lot of what I'm doing <laughs> today. Is it all started with a little light in the in the ceiling of my basement? You thought it was alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Until I'm, I was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> I love that story. Um, so you're a horror fan. I am a horror fan. Yes. That's right and true. That's fabulous. What would you, um, if, if you were, well, I am asking you, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, what are your top three horror movies? Um, so I definitely have a top horror movie and, um, I'm probably going to give a few that could change tomorrow. My top horror movie is always going to be the thing. Um, John Carpenter's mm, the yeah. thing. Uh, to me, that's the perfect blend of great special effects, um, a great story, um, perfect music, um, a great movie star with Kurt Russell, um, uh, just every element and um, just a, just the unknown being the, the true horror is just timeless to me. And I think that the thing is truly timeless. As far as the second two slots, there are a lot that I could probably... Um, mention um i love i mean hereditary is a great movie um, a lot of the a24 films yeah. are wonderful um the descent i could i could watch the descent yeah. over and over again yeah. that's the movie that i show to people who uh hate horror movies because <laughs> they're gonna uh i just like to torture my friends absolutely uh, <laughs> that movie is terrifying it is um I, but I think like the second slot would probably have to be, it's not tr- not what I would call like a truly scary, scary horror film, but the Let the Right One In, the, um, I think it's Swedish, is it? Uh, yeah. it uh, the, the foreign uh, film version of the Let the Right One In is just a beautiful story um, and uses horror elements to just tell a beautiful story of growing up. Um, and then um, for that third slot, yeah, I, I think I would have to go with the original Evil Dead uh, the Evil Dead Two, um, I think, is superior. I kind of consider them all to be one giant movie. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I, I was thinking about the John Carpenter movie and that that iconic box, uh, the, or the cover of the DVD. Yes, you know, or the Blu-ray, uh, and and just that the silhouette. That image. Yeah. yeah, the silhouette. Which was so 
so iconic. Don't you miss movie posters the way that they used to be? I do. I miss movie posters. I, I miss having a tangible something to hold to oh, look at, yeah. you know? My partner just recently started recollecting DVDs because oh. streaming, I feel like we all feel like streaming has become a much more miserable experience lately. Yeah. Um, and uh, he started recollecting um, all of his favorite films and TV shows out on DVD. And it's been a really great I recommend it to anybody. Get, go back to DVDs. <laughs> I, I, out of necessity for time, I listen to a lot of books. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really a book nerd too. I, I, if I hear it, I want to own the book too. Mm -hmm. I just love the smell of a new book or touching the pages, and it's the same with a DVD. You know, I want to, to own it. You know, yes. to have, have something I can tangibly touch. It's your property. Yeah. <laughs> um. What's your favorite horror novel? So I haven't been reading as much as I used to. When I was a kid, I couldn't I couldn't put books down. Um, I think the last the last horror book that I read and I didn't end up finishing it was Stephen King's um, It, um, which is such a long, long story, and it's so unnecessarily long. Like there there are there are things that Stephen King finds necessary to describe in that book that I just like I never needed to know what the outline of that guy's pants looked like. <laughs> um yep. uh he is um uh it is uh so I I, I haven't finished it. Uh that said I do I have read a bunch of Stephen King stuff. Um uh I think that I've just started um the Arkham um asylum stories uh, the, from the batman um anthology and uh they're, they're so dark they're just they're designed to be horror comics and yeah. um the art is gorgeous and uh i recommend reading um if, if you think that uh comic books are just for children that is a great one to change your mind <laughs> comic books uh, graphic novels are are I think the same as reading regular novels, except mm -hmm. that I don't have to use as much imagination because they give me the the images there. And I, I appreciate that. And there's a whole other level of artistry to yeah. it. I also, um, nowadays, comic book readers are not children. They're people who were reading ch comics as yeah. children. So the, the subject matter, the material has become a lot more adult. And uh, I think that there's still that space for kids, but especially with dc and, and the batman um it is definitely a parental guidance oh yeah <laughs> material it's, it's definitely dark um so you know we've throughout our lives we have all these embarrassing moments and 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 i i i you know when i'm teaching i sometimes will ask my students to give me an embarrassing moment. Well, I'm not going to do that today. Uh, what I'm going to do is ask you what, what funny story or embarrassing story do you think your family or friends would tell uh, if we were all in a group and they always, you know, they always tell that story. Yeah. Uh, my husband, uh, Jared, they always tell the story about him kicking the pipe on the toilet and breaking it and and the water going everywhere and he was nope. very young like two or three years old so uh it's we crazy hear that our, story a lot our parents there's so many things that our families just never let go like um if, if it was my immediate family they'd probably tell about the time that i um got my um tongue stuck to the bus window in third grade when it was too cold and i was just falling asleep on the on the bus 
um, or the time that I accidentally put my foot through the drywall, or I'm sure that there's plenty of other um, humiliating stories <laughs> that I definitely don't want out there that they would be elated and over the moon if they were here. Um, my friends would probably talk about the just me being messy, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, trolling, um, like just creating conspiracy theories about um, my friends for fun or... Um, there was a, a time that we had a friend um, and coworker that we just invented uh, a thing that happened to us while he wasn't there because he was had severe fear of missing out on things. And just the entire time we were like, hey, cheese whiz. And uh, it drove him insane. <laughs> he almost stopped talking to us entirely. Or um, uh, my uh, one of my uh peers in drag likes to tell the story of the time that um she just got off stage and i was like that was amazing um would you like uh would you be willing to hear like one note and she was like absolutely it's like just stop immediately <laughs> just stop doing drag uh, forever <laughs> she's amazing I, I, please don't stop uh, um she's very very good but uh yeah those those are the stories that i get told back to me the most often for sure. Huh. Well, so this question, you're probably going to have to think about it for a minute. But if if your best friend, I think about your best friend. Uh, when I think about my best friend, you know, they can be messy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if if your best friend was going to write a book about you, what what would the title of that book be? If my best friend was going to write a book about me, I'm sure that he'd want the title to ruin my life. Um, so I hope right. I hope that he's lived a long, glorious life, and this is posthumous because um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to see. Um, it would. I mean, it would probably be um, like that dirty hoe. Uh, <laughs> It would it would be like something like tell all book. Yeah, a tell all book or it would probably be a I mean it would probably be a, a catalog of everything that I've created. It would probably be like an ode to hot glue. Hey. <laughs> We're gonna shift gears for a moment and talk about the anti-drag queen controversy in Tennessee. As many of you know, the Tennessee legislature super majority spent the last legislative session passing an anti-drag law that US District Court Judge Thomas Parker struck down as unconstitutional restriction on the freedom of speech. Harry, you've been quoted a lot in the national news outlets regarding Tennessee's slate of hate, this overwhelming travesty of a law, and I'm wondering, what's your thoughts on this today? Yeah, um, I think that, like, on reflecting, um, when we, when ever I go out of state and people ask, how are you doing? The first thing that comes to mind is we're exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, I am tired of um, people treating my, this art form that I've honed and spent six years perfecting um, and continue to continuing to perfect is, um, is something that's repulsive and disgusting when especially when they've never been to one of these shows or have really no idea what goes on there or not interested or taking videos out of context um i think we're all quite exhausted um 
I think that um, one of the things that I was frustrated with in the months where this was going on um, more um, it more presently in the news um, was the apathy from a lot of my fellow peers. Um, they just didn't seem to be informed or didn't care or didn't know. And on reflecting, um, it's almost inspiring how so many of them were like, I just don't care because I'm never going to stop. It doesn't matter wow. if I could be, uh, you could haul me off to jail in a dress and I'm going to continue doing this. Um, and just the drive, I think, really hits home how important this silly looking on the surface, maybe art form is to a lot of the LGBT people who take part in it. It's not just dressing up as the opposite gender and bashing your words to somebody else's songs, <laughs> or at least it's not anymore. It right. is uh, an incredibly important um, medium of self-expression, um, artistry, and, um, and and just cult of personality. And uh, I, I just don't think that there's any slowing down uh, an unstoppable object like drag has become. Um. I agree. Do do you think this controversy is over in Tennessee? I don't think this controversy is going to be going away for a while. Um, first of all, to be clear, um, I think that the target um, has always been trans people. I think yep. drag queens are collateral damage um, to an ongoing fear and misunderstanding of what it means to be trans um particularly trans children which is so gross um but um as far as as drag queens go um we're still nervous um there's there's still violence and um protesting um but there's all they've always been there they're just louder now and it doesn't even i don't even think they've really grown in numbers i think that they're just Wow. using megaphones instead of microphones now um it is just uh, um it is just a really unfortunate um it's it's just an unfortunate thing and it's just disappointing and um i think that once once they find someone else to hate they'll move on which is never encouraging because you don't want anybody to go through what we've been going through these past couple months but um it just goes to show that some people will do anything to remain in power. Absolutely. I what I hate about it is that they've they've taken a vulnerable uh, community mm -hmm. and they've weaponized it uh, when most of them don't even have a passion about it. It's not something they actually believe, uh -huh. uh, and they've weaponized it to to get votes. We've had instances of legislators behind closed doors saying we don't actually have a problem with any of you. We just need to do this because this is the way our party is voting and that we're going to do this and um it's hard to become and to not become incredibly cynical after that and to not see the whole thing as phony and to just to um just sit there and um be like well how does this system how is this system ever going to work for me and i think in a lot of ways it never really has yeah i can agree with that i i i i find it very um disappointing that people would take the time and it it takes a lot of time and effort to get elected and, and want to serve mm -hmm. and, and then to turn against the people 
who have elected you just so that you can be reelected or so that you can uh, honor some ideology that's not even your own. And I think that's incredibly disappointing. But more than that, I think it's incredibly disgusting and sad. On the other hand, it has completely backfired in the way that, um, what is it, the Barbara Streisand syndrome, where um, trying to prevent something from happening oftentimes makes it's it more, more popular, popular than ever. Yep. There are more drag, ven- there are more venues in Knoxville hosting drag shows than ever before. Um, there are more drag entertainers, um, both kings, queens, and anything in between than ever before. Um, the the shows are well attended. Um we are um producing more exciting things um than ever before and um like they're going to lose um it's just a matter of when are you going to lose and uh, i tell a lot of people ask me what they can do and i just say we will win but not without you um it's absolutely true you you just got to get involved yeah um one of the uh, one of life's truths is if you shine a light on something fabulous, people will flock to it. Well, it sparkles. Yeah. Um, well, now, listener, just so the record's clear, the Ravensville podcast denounces any form of discrimination. We value and celebrate the diversity of human voices, backgrounds, and experiences. We wholeheartedly and unhesitatingly support our LGBTQIA plus family their rights, their marriages, their pursuit of happiness, and most of all, their right to exist. Amen. So let's shift to a far more positive note, Harry. Will you explain to our listeners what Ghoul School is all about? Absolutely. I am so glad you asked about Ghoul School. Ghoul School is my favorite project that I've ever um, done in Knoxville. And it was manifested because I felt that there was a real need for um, more creativity and more feedback um, in our town. Um, It's not to say that we don't have creative entertainers. It's just um, that, in my view, the competitions that we had, which there are many, um, uh, for drag and Tennessee in general, are not entirely feedback-based and... um, not incredibly rewarding and in a lot of ways you start off in your career as a drag queen potentially um or king um competing against your peers and right that that competitiveness is pervasive throughout the um the rest of your life um i stumbled upon um a show in charlotte south carolina north carolina North Charlotte, North Carolina. one of the Carolinas um, has a place called Charlotte <laughs> and um, they had this show called Ghoul School named after the Scooby-Doo Ghoul School. And um, it was just a competition where all of these um, up and coming or even some experienced uh, performers would compete uh, with a theme. Uh, and they, I, I judged one. I had the opportunity to judge, and I was just blown away by the amount of sheer um, bra- bravery, creativity, um, just taking risks left and right. Uh, and I was like, this is exactly what um, Knoxville needs. So I talked to the owner of that show and got the rights. And we brought 
Ghoul School to Tennessee at Brickyard um, in Be the Bearden area on Hamburg Place um, once a month in um, in Knoxville, and it has become the most rewarding experience. We created this environment where um, all of these entertainers become peer-reviewed um, performers. So they all work together on their acts. They have one month to prepare one number, one theme, um, and they create everything themselves. Uh, and they they make their own music mixes. And um, I've just the sheer amazing um, things you can do when you have a, um, like lim some limitations in place, but are allowed just to to foster a a chia pet of creativity in a kind of a way yeah when you're and, empowered to mm -hmm. to when you're given permission to do that creation absolutely and um it's just it's so exciting to see uh people that um even a couple months ago nobody was giving a second look at come up and win um we don't call them winners in ghoul school we call them best in class we have superlatives for a lot of our uh competitors um, we, it is a competition, but in first and foremost, we, we call it a workshop. It is where you go to test your numbers. And that has proven to be really effective because a lot of people have taken their numbers that they created for ghoul school that they didn't even win with. And they went off on to win other competitions because they kept working on them. And they took the feedback of the professors, um, who are the judges, um, and, um, they, um, are working on perfecting their craft. Um, the themes have been so fun. Um, last month we had cryptids, oh. uh, which was just an incredible show. Just everybody brought um, just amazing work. The winner did this Bat Boy that could could have been on television. It was just remarkable. Um, we've uh, our ne upcoming one is apocalypse themed which i think will be really exciting as well that's the um, september one. that is september to um 28th it's always on a thursday um we try to make it the last thursday of every month it doesn't always work out that way um then we have our finale which will be sponsored by your podcast thank you so much ravensville I podcast yes, ravensville podcast and um uh one of, of quite a few sponsors which i was overwhelmingly um flattered um uh the, that will be every winner from the past um year coming back and competing to rule the school um and that theme uh will be uh i was a teenage monster oh i cannot wait they're already um hard at work on those um they it, we are challenging them to take a monster from classic cinema or television, preferably cinema, and create and put them into high school and create a nice uh, campy uh, number. They'll have a runway. They're going to have to create their own um, uh, Halloween basket um, in the style of their character. Uh, we have we're going to be seeing creatures like Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, all as teenagers that's not only creative but it's very interesting yeah i mean i think so the sheer content that will come out of that for our community to see i have um been very humbled by the response to ghoul school it is um been i've been told it's an addictive show to go to most of the time people who go once on a whim 
return every single time because they have to see what happens next because it is the one place in Knoxville where you're guaranteed to see something that you've never seen before um it is um uh I've had a lot of people say that um it is one of the best drag shows they've ever seen and for that to be a show made up of mostly newcomers is um beyond my wildest dreams I I love that show so much it is just a, a great experience every time well I'm very excited about it. I have a little exciting announcement that you've not been a part of yet. Oh, um, we have uh, talked at the podcast office and our family is going to pull together and we're going to sponsor each month for, for the 2024. Oh my God. <laughs> session. So I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So wow. we, we wanted to make that announcement tonight and to, um, We'll talk about the details and everything. Uh, I am but, so remarkably honored. Thank you so much. Well, uh, I mean, we do a lot of things, uh, sponsor a lot of shows in air we uh, that that are drag shows or competitions. Uh, but let's let's face it, we're a horror anthology mm-hmm. podcast, and this is right where we need to be. This is your bread and butter. This is right where we need to be. Well, I appreciate that so much. Wow, I'm turning red. <laughs> Already pink, uh, <laughs> just going straight to red. So you have another project coming up that, yes. that you mentioned and that I'm really excited about. I, the horror thing's great, but brunch yes. is phenomenal. And that project's coming up soon. And I think you called it Castaways Brunch. Castaways Brunch is um, a new um, side project that I'm working on that I am so excited about. This is happening at E-Vape Tavern on North Central. Um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. It is, um, if you haven't been to Evape Tavern, you need to change that immediately. Um, it looks on the surface like it's just a, a vape shop, but it's not. It's actually a full tavern um, with uh, that also happens to be a vape shop, but with um, a full bar. Uh, the bar is a ship uh, that they have uh, crafted into a bar. It is fully themed as a this beautiful um like it looks like you're stepping into just a pirate saloon or, or a true pirate tavern. It is, is that a, just down from the theater? It's yeah, just right next just to Central right Cinema. To Cin- um, I think it's just a couple doors down yeah. from Central Cinema. It, um, it, the staff is lovely. Um, uh, the owners are amazing, amazing people. Uh, Jennifer and Neil. Uh, they're just they've been so lovely and so inviting, and they really wanted this show. Um, they really wanted to make this happen and by any means necessary. They have a back room that is a, just a, th- a little tiny little theater, great for like stand up and musicians and things like that. And it's very suitable for this brunch. Um, we are doing a complete pirate theme brunch with, um, some of who I consider to be Knoxville's most, um, talented, um, entertainers. Um, we are, we're doing this the first time we're going to see how people respond to it. And, um, hopefully it'll become a recurring thing. Um, we have, uh, all of our entertainers are pulling out all of their best tricks. Um, I know several of them are making things completely new just for this number, uh, just for this show. Uh, we're, our goal is to create almost a 
Sevierville or Gatlinburg style dinner show mm-hmm. in the form of a drag brunch, something that oh, has phenomenal. never happened before. That's phenomenal. Um, in drag, again, I'm always trying to do things that are new, um, including scripted um, sessions, skits, bits, um, gags. Um, we want you to never know what's going to happen at Castaways. Uh, that sounds phenomenal. Now, I I looked up a little bit of information. Uh, you can't just go. You have to get a ticket. Tickets are on sales now. Um, you can get them at Evape Tavern's website. They have a to-go menu um, that you can order your ticket. Um, it is $10 per person. Or if you spend um, $5 more, you can get a photo with the cast at the end of the show. Um, all of that, um, all of those proceeds go right to the entertainers. Um, it does, Evape, um, is only, um, making money off of the food and drink sales. They very generously, um, just given all that, those funds to us. Uh, that said, we want to sell out so I can get these entertainers, um, the money that they deserve for all their hard work. Excellent. We'll put a link to how they could get tickets in the episode description. Thank you. Yes. Harry. So as we close the show out this evening, I have a few questions uh, that I asked all of our guests. Okay. Fire away. First of all, where can our listeners find you on online? Oh, um, so you can find me uh, nowadays on Instagram at I am Harry scary. Um, Instagram.com. Um, uh, that is my very poorly attended uh, Instagram page that, I'm terrible at taking pictures. I'm just so bad at it. Um, and then you can also find me on TikTok at Harry Scary. It's H-A-R-R-I-S-C-A-R-I. I don't know why I had to spell it that way. Um, where I have um, a growing in popularity TikTok account for nothing to do with drag. As I <laughs> it's all me doing character voices. I don't know. TikTok's a funny, strange little place. It's a wonderful place. I'm very addicted. I have a, a problem. <laughs> uh, well, we'll make sure we get links to that also in the the. Oh, thank you uh, so much. Episode description. So let's let's end with two very important questions. And like I say, I always ask our people this: What would you like the world to know about you? Um, I, um. I would love for the world to know that I'm trying to make a positive mark on the town that I live in and have grown to love. Um, I think that's admirable. Thank you. I think that we, you know, we, we need to, as a world community and society, we need to worry about helping other people you know, in whatever capacity we're in. I do the best I can. I, I think you do a phenomenal job. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's why we were so anxious and, <laughs> and excited about this opportunity. I'm excited as well. So last question, and this one's a little harder. Mm-hmm. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? I would love to be remembered as an artist that was never satisfied, um, but always excited. That would be my uh, mantra is always be happy with what you're producing, but never be satisfied. Um, 
because you never want to stop growing. And the second that you, the second that I feel like I look back on my work and say, that's as good as it I'm ever going to be. That's the second that the art stops. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Harris Geary, thank you for being with us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. We believe the family should get to know about the people and the places that make all the magic happen in our great world. To you, family, thank you for joining us this evening and listening to this episode of The Cauldron. If you enjoyed what you've heard and you want to support the podcast, please share it with other people. If you haven't already, go on over to ravensvale.com and see about doing your chores on social media. Follow us on all the social media platforms we've made available for you guys and tell your friends about us, won't you? Thanks again, Harry. Thank you. So until next time, family, see you soon. The Cauldron is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's episode was hosted by Ed Bolden-Greer. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nicky D Sound. Copyrighted 2024, Small Raven Media. All rights reserved.